It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome into another edition of the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined once again by Brian Roney. Brian, how's everything going? Oh, not bad at all. Nice little uh, long weekend. You know, I uh, hope hopefully everybody got some rest and, uh, you know, got to rest after the excitement of a pretty big week on the recruiting trail. Yeah, you know, I don't know if we're noticing a trend here, but as soon as we kind of got this podcast launched and going, things kind of picked up on the recruiting trail i think we we kind of deserve some credit for that yeah there hadn't been a commitment in what a, you know it was quite some time and yeah there were three last week and i mean we only got to talk about tyler white and i mean it was an exciting commitment you know the yeah. transcendent punter but you know there was uh even more after that so yeah uh so what's going to happen i guess after after this one's taped, who knows? I know, right we got another three ready to go or or right along there right it turns out tyler white was just was just the start of it because um, A&M also picked up commitments from Bravian Rogers and Javon Thomas on, on back-to-back days after that make, make on Tuesday and Wednesday um, and kind of jump-started that DB, DB room. Let's start with Bravian Rogers because that one came together really quickly. Um, he received an offer in early April, um, visited on back-to-back weekends and um, went ahead and made his commitment. And I think I think you brought up a good point on the – on the board that, you know, his indication that he was willing to camp at A&M over the summer to earn an offer as a, as a top 100 prospect was kind of an indication of, of, of his strong interest in the school and, and probably, probably a good reason it came together pretty quickly once he did get the offer. Yeah. I mean, that's a kid that what he had Alabama, Texas, you know, quite a few offers and yet he still wanted to camp at A&M because A&M wanted to see him in person. So they said, Hey, come to camp. You don't see national top 100 kids do that. Yeah. AM has gotten those five-star types to camp uh, the past couple of years, but it's not one. It's just ones that have offers and are looking to have fun and test themselves and everything. It's not guys that are coming to earn offers, especially an in-state guy. So, yeah, you just knew his uh, interest was sincere. And, uh, you know, when I went down there to LaGrange last week and, you know, he and I were just chatting a little bit, he told me that, you know, he was offered on April 2nd two weekends ago. Yeah. Uh, he told me he knew then. He said, I knew I was going to be an Aggie. And so when he came back for uh, for the spring game, he ended up committing while there. He ended up uh, telling the coaches that he was committing and just, you know, waited a couple of days to announce. I was wondering, you know, Jimbo Fisher always, it seems like he likes to have, you know, one announcement a day and to build some momentum. And I'd asked Bravion, I said, hey, did they, you know, want you to announce on, you know, Tuesday when they did, because I think Tyler White was Monday. And he said, no, he said, it's just, you know, he woke up that morning and was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to let the world know what I've already told A&M. So, you know, great pickup, uh, good kid, um, can play a number of positions, athletic kid, um, and just a, a good start to that, uh, to that DB room and what could be a really good haul. Yeah, it's a great start. And it, you know, a guy that, that, um, as you mentioned, picked up a ton of ton of big interest and um you know, is ranked as the number seven corner in the country. So that's you know, it it's a tremendous start and 
Um, you know, one day later, they end up adding Javon Thomas as well. And, and that's one he he seemed to be moving closer to the decision over the past couple of weeks, um, went on the visit to LSU. Um, and I know you spoke with him as well. That was one that, um, you know, once he went on the visit to LSU, kind of reaffirmed his decision. But, you know, A&M had, had kind of been in a good position there for a while. And, um, you know, another really good player. It's a guy that I've had the chance to see quite a bit up here in Dallas. Very versatile. Um could impact the game in a, in, in a number of ways, including possibly special teams. And, um, you know, kind of made a big impact for South Oak Cliff late in the year once he was able to get on the field. And um, is another really nice pickup. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, I was talking to Javon afterwards, got that got that interview with the people on the site we were able to read. He said A&M has talked to him about every single position in the secondary. So you got to love somebody who's versatile like that. He can play cornerback. He can play safety. He can play nickel. He can play dime. Uh, he said they're going to try and get him involved in, in special teams, uh, maybe returning, maybe just going down there and, and busting some heads. Who knows? But just uh, just really good, versatile player. I mean, he was a standout running back at uh, Corsicana as a, as a sophomore and got a few carries in the playoffs last year for South Oak Cliff. So, you know, that's uh, – you know, not, I mean, those two, both national top 100 guys, him and Braven Rodgers, and uh, – I think the lowest ranked of their, you know, the major targets that are left. So, I mean, it's really impressive. They were able to do that. But the, the one thing I would add on Javon Thomas is AM has not signed a kid from South Oak Cliff in a long time. I was actually, you know, I do have a bit of an encyclopedic knowledge just from doing this for a while. I couldn't remember uh, a South Oak Cliff kid at AM. I know, you know, there's been skyline ones, but I'm, it, it's been a, a long time since at least the nineties, if not before that. And not only is, you know, South Oak is always going to be good, but I mean, they were state championship team this past year. It was the first Dallas ISD state title team since the 50s. We're not counting Dallas Carter, you know, but even if you count Dallas Carter in the 80s when they had their title taken away, I mean, that's still, you know, 30, over 30 years, you know, so this was a really good team, a loaded team, loaded in the secondary. So getting, uh, getting an in at South Oak Cliff over there with the Bears is, is a really good thing. That's not going to hurt at all. So, yeah. um, you know, Javon Thomas is a big pickup in, in more ways than one. And even just looking, like you said, at the, at the next couple of years, it's not like this year is just a kind of a one year and done type of thing. This, this team has a lot of young talent for the next couple of years. And, um, you know, if there was an area that, that A&M recruiting wise, there's not, there's not many areas that you would say they, there's a need for improvement, maybe, you know, in kind of Dallas area outside of, out of DeSoto and Dengar, um were areas that they wanted to get better at and wanted to make more of an impact. And, and, you know, being able to land a guy at South Oak cliff, they might not even be done there with, you know, Malik Muhammad, another huge target on the board. It's, 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 it's a great school to get in with because they're going to have a ton of talent in the next couple of years. And, um, you know, like we mentioned, a guy that can, that can make plays with the, with the ball in his hand and, um, you know, can, can rely on that experience. Um, speaking of that, you know, just looking at the rest of the DB room, you and I were talking before the show about this and, and the DB room as it's shaping up right now with, with still some other targets out there, including Jevy and Taviano, Malik Muhammad, Tony Mitchell. There's kind of a feeling that this, this is turning into a bit of a, the D line room from, from the 2021 cycle and, and how that all came together. And, you know, when you look at a guy like Malik Muhammad talking to, to his dad last week. Um, you know, I get I get the impression A&M made a, a tremendous impression on him during the spring game. And and one of the things he mentioned, which 
kind of bodes well for A&M is they want to play behind a really good defensive line. Um, so talking to him, I said, you know, is Malik took note of, of what A&M just signed on the defensive line. And he said, how could you not? Um, and so I think A&M has made a great impression on him. Alabama is obviously going to be another school that, you know, he visited there this weekend also has a, lot, a ton of talent along the defensive line. And to me, it's kind of shaping up as those two duking it out for him. And, and, um, you know, it'd be huge to add another South Oak Cliff guy as well. Oh, no, for sure. And I, I think you can tell that it has been a selling point for uh, Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher and the team, that defensive line class from 22. So what is it? Four, four stars, six national top 100 guys. And it's like, hey, you know, these guys are going to keep some blockers off of you. They're going to get to the passer. You know, they, they, these quarterbacks are not going to have much time to throw. And, you know, that gives you a better chance at inter- interception. So they're really using because Javon Thomas mentioned the fact mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, that there was a defensive line class. Bravian Rogers mentioned the defensive line class. And and then you said Malik Muhammad's dad mentioned the defensive line class. And that's something that they have all brought up themselves. So you you know that A&M's definitely selling that. And, and yeah, this this year's DB class. Now, okay, there aren't going to be yeah. four, five stars <laughs> and six national top 100. I mean, that's just insane. I don't – you're not even going to see that with any other school at any position group. I mean, it was – I think the first time in the rankings era, which goes back to 2001, that any school has signed four or five stars at in one position group. So, I mean, that just doesn't happen. So, yeah, this I mean, it's not fair to this uh, to this TV group <laughs> to say, hey, yeah, you're going to be, you know, the, you know, Gabe Dendy and Walter Nolan and Shamar uh, Stewart. You know, that's not fair to do that. But, yeah, it could be incredible. I mean, Tony Mitchell goes to school in, uh, you know, in uh, Alabaster, which is right outside of Birmingham, which what else is right outside of Birmingham? Tuscaloosa. I mean, he yeah. goes to school very close to Tuscaloosa, 30 minutes. And yet A&M is in a really good position there. You know, yeah. he had gone to Florida. There were some quotes about Florida being a leader. I never really bought that. Still don't. I think it's an A&M Alabama battle. So if A&M can land a five-star out of Nick Saban's backyard, you know, Jimbo has already been a headache to Saban for you know, the last couple of years, if he can land one from literally his backyard and then you go and get Malik Muhammad, who is what? And basically an A&M Alabama battle. There are some other teams in it, but A&M Alabama battle. And then JV and Toviano, you know, A&M Texas and who else is involved? Alabama. You know, if A&M is able to do that after doing that with the defensive lineman, I mean, those two positions are so key in the SEC. So if they can put together that class and then we're not even mentioning, I mean, there's a chance they could flip Peyton Bowen from Geyer, a safety, mm-hmm. his longtime Notre Dame commitment. I mean, he was basically committed to Notre Dame for six months before he announced. I mean, he is, like, entrenched in that Notre Dame commitment. They got him on campus, and now he's talking about coming back for an official visit. I mean, it's just yeah. sort of crazy. We're seeing, you know, I think other fan bases are going to be like, what is going on? You know, they saw D-line one year. It's going to be potentially the secondary this year. I don't want to get ahead of myself, you know, yeah. end up on old takes exposed and <laughs> when these people sign with sign yeah. other places. But AM has very real momentum with all yeah. six of those guys and could potentially sign a class with all six of those guys, which would be I mean, I don't see how a class could top it, a DB class in the country could top that. 
hey, you know, message board genius has already taken note of everything. <laughs> Let's get, you know, old takes exposed on here as well. To No, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, we're not going to write off Arch Manning, but no, okay, yeah. we're writing off Arch no, Manning. We're, we're not, writing off Arch Manning. That's, that that's probably, not happening. That was, we took, that we took all the salt. We got rid of the salt. We got rid of Arch yeah. Manning. No, that's. Arch you know, Manning's there has been a lot idea. of confidence, though, just around like this DB room. And, you know, even a guy like Javion Taviano, um, I think I think that's one where, you know, talking to him has been interesting, actually, because he has said when we talked at the um, at the Under Armour All-American, he talked about how A&M was was really a school that he was interested in and really a factor. And, you know, but then he also talked about the different approach that A&M was taking with him, kind of he called it more of like a mellow, cool type of approach where they're not hitting him up every day. They're not kind of constantly, constantly going after him. And he mentioned he kind of liked it, that they were you know, kind of there, and he knew that they were there, obviously, and, you know, TJ Russian was obviously letting him know that he was interested, but, um, and now, now that we're kind of starting to get into the later spring, you're kind of starting to see A&M step forward a little bit, getting him on campus twice, and, you know, there's still a lot of schools in the mix there. That's one that's, that's kind of an interesting, you know, he's, he's not really tipped his hand as to where he's leaning or, 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 or which school? Oh, no, he's he's about, incredibly media savvy. I think he's very he media knows, savvy. Like, he knows who he's talking to because he, I've seen a lot of quotes where it says, "Blank school was my favorite growing up." Now, yep. I mean, I, he could have some co-favorites, but that's a lot of favorites, Javen. If you're watching this, we're on to you. We know we're just going to start <laughs> having good. random people call you that you don't know and see what you get. Yeah, Sorry, I, I interrupted very, you though. You no, know, but, but he'll, yeah. he'll mention a lot of schools, and you know, so to to try to see, you know. You know who's who's kind of sticking out from that pack. Um, you know it's it's one of those, but I think A and M has very much been in the mix there, and he's kind of made that clear that you know A and M's a school that he's interested in, and and made that clear. And you know it's 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 not going to be realistic. I know the confidence is is really high around um, the A and M program about you know coming off the defensive line cycle. You're right. I mean you can't expect that every cycle, but I think there's no doubt that you know we're not we're not even getting into some of the other guys that that could be in the mix. Like Ethan nation is a guy that visited as well. And um, he really was looking forward to making that visit is in frequent contact with the, with the A&M staff. Um, Caleb Presley also talked about coming back potentially for, for an official visit. I mean, that's a kid from Seattle has been down a couple of times. I mean, that's not yeah. a cheap flight and, you know, easy flight to go to Houston and get there. So yeah, he's got some serious interest. And he's, he's talked about coming back in the fall to see what a, what a full, you know, what a full um, Kyle field looks like. And then even a guy like Marvin Burks just included A&M in his, his top group of schools. So, you know, it's going to be a really, really deep group and a, a chance for A&M to be selective as well and kind of pick who they, who they really like among that group and, and, uh, and go from there. I, I, I want to mention actually one more defensive back. We're sort of talking about the corners, but safeties in addition to Peyton Bowen, Kylan Jackson. Okay. He goes yeah. to Zachary. That's the same school as Eli Holstein. So, you know, it's not going to be maybe as easy that you don't have Holstein, you know, as quarterback recruiting him to AM. But he's a guy that legitimately is very high on AM in his own right. And when I went to watch them play uh, this this fall, it really did. Watching him play, not only was he built like Leon O'Neill, I mean, same same sort of size frame as Leon was in high school and has the potential at it, but his game looked a lot like it. And so afterwards, I didn't even know if he would know who Leon was. Afterwards, I said, hey, you know, do you know about – I was like, do you know who Leon O'Neill is? He's like, oh, yeah, they call me – they call me mini wake him, wake, wake him up over here, you know. And so 
he he's sort of taken to that. He styles his game after him a little bit. So, you know, that's a, that's going to help with AM there. And Kylan's a really good safety. He was good at yeah. camp last summer, and he was at, you know, he's been to AM a couple times this spring. So, uh, you know, that's another guy to watch. And and he's really good. And I think it's just not one that's getting a lot of mention by AM fans, even though I think he's ranked in uh, – in national top 150s, 137 overall. So, no I mean, it's just crazy that a kid from Louisiana, from Baton Rouge, is ranked 137. Fans aren't even really talking about him. You guys yeah. have gotten spoiled. AM fans, you guys have gotten spoiled. But speaking of this, speaking of why, I mean, you've even got um, Derek Williams is another guy that also took a visit earlier this spring and um, also kind of maintains a, a, a quiet recruitment and um, hasn't been a bunt yet. So there's, there's there's just a plethora of options just along the defensive back room and we've you know in the the uh, the, the defensive line group obviously that AM's bringing in again this year um there's a ton of guys that that we'll be able to dive into later this spring that you know they're they're in the mix for that that could also be a selling point it's not just last year's class that that is going to be a selling point but you know they're off to a good start along the defensive line this year as well and so I agree with you. I mean, and a guy like Peyton Bowen's interesting as well. Uh, going back to him because A and M kind of got in the mix late for him, and by the time they, by the by the time that you know he had he picked up the offer, I think things were down the road with with Notre Dame. But you know they've quietly stayed in contact with him and and were able to get him down on that visit. Um, and there's still there's still plenty of time to go until signing day. And um, I think A and M certainly a school that has his interest, and and obviously A and M already has some ties over at the that that then Geyer program. Um so with that we're gonna we're gonna take a, a break from recruiting and 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 turn a, turn the page to um some team talk even though the spring's over there's still plenty to discuss. So we'll that's we're a perfect time to talk break. about it. What's up? That's a perfect time to talk about it. Exactly. Uh, you got a full exactly. body of work. You know we won't we won't use the word that Josh Pate doesn't love using but we'll uh we'll be back to to touch on a couple storylines right after this quick break. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. All right, welcome back. Um, Brian, looking at this this team coming out of spring, um, this is probably a good time to look at where where kind of the strengths and weaknesses of this A&M team are. Um, keeping in mind that they're going to have the full complement of guys obviously arriving this summer with, with guys scheduled to arrive around Memorial Day weekend. Which which position group do you feel like AM is in the best shape with and, and where they should feel really good about? Okay, first of all, completely unrelated. 
People spell my name. I just I laugh at the different ways that people spell my name incorrectly on a message board. People that have been subscribers of sites I've been at for 15 years. I type my own name wrong. I just looking at the <laughs> screen. I don't know if fans can see that. I don't know if that shows up on your end. Oh boy. I spelled my I spelled my name wrong. So just just notice that when we were at during the break. So I, I'm an idiot, and I guess now it's a, I'll, it's a Monday, I'll, it's a case of the Mondays, right? Like yeah, uh, I'll forgive <laughs> I'll forgive you guys more because don't, don't worry, I can't even first, I can't even get it straight. I just made myself an heir to the Peroni beer fortune with the spelling. <laughs> I, that I, I I'll be there. honest, like my iPhone and my iPhone still gets my name wrong all the time, and it, it yes. spells it without the e. So you know, there's no there's no love. I it happens on there. <laughs> okay, position group. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's a broken record, and some of the guys look good in the spring game. I mean, Tamisha Adelier had a great had a great spring game. Um, Marcus Burris, he had a great like. He started out his first series was awesome. He was a little quiet after that. Um, but the defensive line group is the one I am absolutely not worried about because of what's coming back. I mean, you didn't have McKinley Jackson going through spring ball. You didn't have uh, several other guys, Donnell Harris, some other guys going through spring ball, but the defensive line group, despite losing five guys that made it to the NFL combine, I think could even be better. Shamar Turner. I, we went over this last week. Shamar Turner is really, really good. He was a five-star. He was a guy that slowly moved his way up the rankings. You know, DeMarvin Leal was up there the whole time. Shamar Turner slowly moved his way up as he just got better and better and bigger and bigger and seemingly more athletic. And so he can play really anywhere along that front line. I think he's going to be, dominant this year i think mckinley jackson i think he's going to return to form um and if he doesn't i mean there's some lots of other guys behind him the walter nolan's coming in gabe dindy as long as he's healthy by uh by that time anthony lucas true freshman had an incredible spring game things are coming together for him so there'll be young guys uh mostly but then you have you know elijah judy and some some older you know veterans there too i mean I mentioned the sophomores as veterans, but you know, it is what it is these days. So that position is one I think, I think is going to be probably the best on the team is the one that I don't have concerns about. No matter, there were some struggles in the spring game. They didn't look great all the time outside of Anthony Lucas and Tumisha and a couple other guys. They didn't look great, but it's not a position that I'm worried about. And I think it's going to just uh, pace the team. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm kind of with you. And well, the other part I was going to bring up on that is, We've heard Jimbo Fisher so much bring, talk about uh, competition, competition, competition. And I think that that's kind of what really shows forth in this um, with this defensive line group is if guys are, are, are not quite performing, there's somebody there that, that's right there ready to step in and was probably a, another really highly rated player coming out of high school. And, you know, for me, that's, there's just so much depth and talent. And I, I'm not really concerned about getting them all on the field. As Jimbo Fisher kind of talked about, you just rotate them and play them. Um, and they'll find a way to get all of them on the field and, and contributing. And, and just the amount of, you know, you know, the guys coming in, the Walter Nolan, Samar Stewart's, the, you know, Anthony Lucas's and the Gabriel Brownlow Dindies. And then you still got guys like Fadil Diggs and Tanmise Adele and Shamar Turner. Um, you know, there's there's a good chance you're going to be able to keep them healthier too, and you're you're keeping them fresh. They're not having to stay out there all the time. And um, also, know, one me, one I, injury isn't going to. I mean, exactly. if somebody goes down, I mean, somebody else is going to be able to step up. There's exactly. the talent there. And the other part I think that's notable is 
they've they've recruited it with versatility in mind as well. A guy like Marcus Burris is a great example. They've recruited him with the idea they could use him on the outside or inside. They've they've done the same with guys like Shamar Turner and um some of these guys are really interchangeable that you can kind of find a find a way to get the best four players on the field and push some of the upperclassmen. I do think that you know guy, they still need a guy like McKinley Jackson to really step forward and be and be consistent this year and and have a really good off season and, and kind of be that veteran presence. But there's a lot of guys that are going to be pushing for playing time and it's going to be really competitive heading into the fall. And I think that's, that's also going to, that's also going to make the offensive line better. Um, they're going to get challenged um, in practice on a daily basis and, and could really help with the development side of that. Um, on the other end of things for me, the the group that still has the most questions and, um, losing a guy like Caleb Chapman as well and to the transfer portal. And, you know, that happened when we were doing this last week. Um, Receiver is probably the group for me that still has the most questions. Um, you know, with Evan Stewart, I think Chris Marshall, like we've talked about before, has the talent to come in and, and really make an impact early. But they just – they absolutely need more consistency out of that group on a, on a week-to-week basis. Um, you know, Jimbo Fisher's made no secret that they want to be able to push the fall – ball down the field more this year and um it's really kind of time for that group to to kind of step forward and 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 have a couple players step up no for sure and i mean shoot anaya smith who you know has been yeah. the best overall playmaker the last couple of years i mean he was he's been a running back all spring yeah. so you know what is he going to do in the fall will uh will lj johnson be healthy and i know they'll get i back so that'll be you know a thing but you know, yeah, him and, you know, Chase Lane's going to see some time. But, yeah, you really need Evan Stewart to have a big year. Chris Marshall, he's only played two years of football still. He's yeah. really good. He's only played two years of football. So, I mean, all of a sudden in the SEC, it's going to be interesting those first couple games watching him. And then I think Moose Muhammad, he, he could be ready for his moment. And then you'll keep Brown has been really good. So, yeah, I think, I think you know, the receiver group does have a lot to prove. The group I'd say I would be most concerned about, not because of talent level, but because of depth, is linebacker. I mean, truly, there's – I mean, there's four veteran linebackers, and that's it. I mean, A&M plays two at a time, but, you know, that – four guys, really, that's it. And then you have the true freshman in Ish Harris and Martrell Harris, who is not even on campus yet. Both of those guys still need to add, you know, college weight to their bodies, you know, to be ready to, you know – Ish Harris is probably 200 pounds, you know, maybe 205. You don't want to, you know, see him just try and run in, you know, taking on running backs that are way bigger than him. So that's the concern to me is, hey, what happens if, you know, Andre White gets tired or, you know, injured or something like that? There's just really not a lot of depth with guys, uh, you know, transferring out or graduating. And so that's that's the one to really watch, I think, in, in fall camp to see how these freshmen turn it on. But, you know, even all year, it might be a balancing act, just trying to keep them healthy and enduring games to, you know, sort of balance out the playing time to where they're not just completely worn out. Yeah, and it goes to that point that we just talked about with the injuries along the defensive line. If you have an injury or two along the defensive line, they've got so much depth there. And, you know, they really are kind of walking the fine line, trying to, trying to you know, kind of make it through an SEC season with, with just not a ton of veteran guys there. And that... That to me though does make it all the more important that Ish Harris was able to get in during the spring and go through spring practice because you know you never know where you're going to be sitting in September or October um, injury wise and the fact that he's been able to get these 15 practices and and kind of 
it appears get his get his feet set a little bit and, and get up to speed on a on a college program. No, he, yeah, he he improved a ton. Once again, and, you and I yeah. saw him that first week of practice, yeah. and he, I don't know who looked jump. more lost if Ish Harris or Anthony Lucas looked more lost, but both of them, I mean, yeah, which, after which, a month or a little over a month, looked like completely different players. But yeah, so yeah, it, it is big to get to get him on campus and have yeah. him because rather have him lost then than in the fall have him lost and then all of a sudden be like, all right, yeah. now you ready to suit up on Saturdays? Yeah. Cause it's go time. Once they get there pretty much with fall camp, it's, it's time to start getting ready for the season. And you know, that, that's what kind of makes these 15 practices. And um, you know, you really hope that the Martrell Harris can kind of get, get up to speed quickly and, and that'll make you feel better about the linebacker room. But I agree. That's, that's one that um, that's, that's going to be really interesting to watch. And on the receiver note, the other one I'd mentioned is Noah Thomas. Um, quietly doesn't get talked about a lot, but had just I a know, really, really good. Yeah, we really shouldn't. He had the misfortune of being with two five stars and just yeah, he sure committed did. early and, and just didn't get a ton of attention, but was really good. Really good. Just, you know, he obviously missed the first game, but with an injury. Um, and then after that, just went on a tear the rest of the year. And, and you know, I I put put for something for a, for a preview later this summer about guys that maybe don't get talked about quite enough. And Noah Thomas was the guy for me that, you know, quietly um, had a really, really, really good senior year. And, um, you know, there's another guy that's new to the position and learning, so he might need a little time as well. But, um, you know, there's some exciting guys. They just need guys to step forward and, and be more consistent. And, um, you know, it's 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 obviously going to be the talking point until the throughout the offseason until guys really do step forward. Um, and then on the other one, finally, um, a position group that could surprise. For me, it's – um, I know it's under the first year under Steve Adazio, but for me, it's the offensive line because you're obviously bringing back two guys in, in, in Ruben Fathery and Bryce Foster who had really good years last year. But there's a lot of other guys that, that you know, Aki Ogunbi and, and Jordan Spasovich, Moko. I think I got that. Close pretty, enough if it's not. People know um, what you're talking about. You know, about. there's a lot of bodies there that, you know, and, and obviously being able to build off Ruben Fathery and, and, and Bryce Foster is, is a really good start. Um, Trey Zoon is a guy I think that could really step in and, and be serviceable. Is he going to be, you know, perfect in his first year starting? Probably not, but is a guy that I think can step in and, and, and play on that, on that offensive line. And, um, I really do think it's going to benefit them going against this defensive line every single day by the time the season rolls around to, to kind of be, uh, you know, they're, I think that's going to be, you know, a tremendous challenge. And I, I really do think that group's going to play a lot better this year. I mean, it's, I, I hate to say it this way, but that if AM is to live up to expectations, that group has to surprise. It just has. Because right now, it, there's just not a lot of high expectations, you know, outside of, like you said, of, uh, of Deuce Fathery and, and Bryce Foster. You know, can Matthew Wyckoff do something on the interior? You know, possibly, you know, I, I do like Zoom at tackle. So that's going to, yeah, that, that one has to. If it doesn't, then you know, A&M's going to struggle to move around those, you know, the other schools that also have these D-lines that look like, uh, that look like the A&M one, you know, and it, you know, could, could be longer if they don't, but it seems to be, they, 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 they took steps. The guys who played took steps in the spring and, and looked better. So it, it's going to be interesting. And I think a lot of those guys are stronger. Aki, I don't know what, I mean, he lost weight in high school and he just hasn't been able to add that yeah. back which is a little strange but if he's able to do that and still be athletic I mean he 
his high school team, Kempner, they threw his senior year, they threw fewer than 15 passes. All he did was line up and they said, Hey, you know, we're running the ball and they just ran the ball behind him and he just, you know, drove people down the field. So he has the ability to do that. And so, yeah, he's, you know, he could be a key if they could get him back into that form, you know, the one that Georgia was after so hard and that A&M had to flip back from Georgia and all that. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that I, I would say that's the group that I guess could and needs to needs to surprise as well. Yeah. If there's another one, I think the defensive back wheel could could also kind of be an intriguing group to watch. There's obviously Tyreek Chappelle and guys like Antonio Johnson back, but I think I think you have more sure surefire veterans in that group to me that you know it has it has a chance to be an area of strength with with the veterans that they do have. Yeah, and there was I mean there have been injuries. I mean this is weird to say, but the injuries last year helped the depth this year. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know because you, you do have a lot of guys. Tyreek uh, Chappelle and Deuce Harmon got a lot of playing time and had a start. And then obviously Miles Jones has a ton of experience. Brian George has starting experience. Jalen Jones, uh, you know, has has started every game since he's been on campus. And that's and that's a lot of guys. Damani is Damani Richardson. I mean, he's still playing. You know, yeah. he's been around forever. Has started every game in his career. So, um, and then you got young guys. You know, Bryce Anderson had a great spring. Um, you know, who knows what Smoke Bowie will do when he when he gets in. You know, just guys like that. And so, so yeah, there's just a lot of experience and a lot of talent with young guys. So uh, that that should be a fun group. To and watch even Denver once Harris, again, is, another, yeah, yeah. Even, I mean, Denver Harris is another guy that. You know, it's just a really deep room, and and you talk about the versatility and and ability for them to be able to move guys over. You know, for me, I think a guy to, that's kind of intriguing on the back end is Jordan Gilbert, who has a has been a name that we've kind of heard. Another guy, for. yeah, that has, has some starting experience. Could could allow you to kind of move. You know, I think I, Jimbo was asked about it during the uh, during the spring about, you know, well you know, where do you see Antonio Johnson playing? And he kind of said everywhere and, you know, just kind of, you can move him around and there's, you know, when you have a guy like Jordan Gilbert back there, it allows you to be able to do that because you just have so much depth and, and, and guys to turn to. So for me, that's, you know, that, that's, that's on the defensive side, I think, and they're going to benefit from playing behind a good, big, a good defensive line. So um, with that, I think, I think that'll, that'll go ahead and wrap us up for today. Um as always, be sure to hit the, uh, or as Brian would say, mash that like button on, on Spotify and yeah, iTunes. Just, and, just pound that subscribe button, whatever. Mash the subscribe, subscribe button, button, do whatever you want. Um, or just like get, touch it, just right there. Get the, uh, get the notifications whenever a new, uh, new video goes up from, from the two of us. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things continue to go on the, on the recruiting cycle. You know, I think guys are going to start lining up official visits here in, a, in the next couple of weeks and, and kind of looking ahead to the summer. So. So that's going to be interesting to watch and um, going to have going to have you covered on, on Gigum 247 with all the latest. So, Brian, anything anything to add? Uh, you, actually, you talked about official visits going back to recruiting. There is, as of now, there is one not this coming weekend, but the weekend mm-hmm. after when uh, Adam Hopkins, who is a player that if things yep. go as expected, fans may want to get to know his name. He's a wide receiver from Georgia that also plays DB, but uh, he's been recruited by Damian Craig. So. Get to know the name Adam Hopkins before, uh, you know, not trying to say something will happen, but there's a reason I'm 
telling you to get to know his name before yeah. the April 29th weekend. Yeah, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. That'll be a, yes. that'll be a week. I mean, you know, who, I mean, they, they, you know, he could reschedule. They could, the board could change. They could decide to focus on other guys. But yeah. if that visit happened today, I think there would be a good chance that Adam yeah. Hopkins would be a name that fans would be learning today. And that's also yeah. a guy that um, you talk about familiarity with some guys in the 2022 class. He's, he's obviously very familiar with plays kind of, kind of on the same seven on seven team as, as, as a couple guys that um, were A&M targets during the 2022 class. So um, yeah, definitely a name to, to know and, a, and a guy that, that has an official visit coming up and, and we'll have you covered with all the latest on him over on Gigum 247 on 24 seven. Um, so with that, uh, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you guys soon. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.